Blog Talk Radio. It's the Gridiron Studs Show and the promo that's got the flow. Football knowledge from toe to toe with Amo, Talamino, and the other host. You already know Chad Wilson brings you the show. Dial us up. Give us a call. We're waiting here to talk some ball. 347-633-9365 is the number to call. So don't sit around. No time to stall. Giving you football from wall to wall. And now we give you our two hosts, Amo and Chad, with your breakfast toast. It's 10 a.m. Tuesday morning, September 15th, 2015, and we're going to serve the breakfast toast. Hopefully it's not burnt. It's Chad Wilson and Emil Calamino here with you to recap week one of the NFL, week two, or wait, wait, is that week two or week three of college football? I'm two. Lost. Two, two, you're lost, week man. Week two. You're lost. Come on, don't push it. We we don't want it to go any faster than it already goes. I'm all over the place, man. It's week three high school football, week two college football, week one NFL football. But uh, football's in full force, and it was last night as we had a couple of games. Amo, both were surprises uh, to most. I wasn't heavily invested in either one uh, because I didn't put anything out here on the show about it. I just wanted to watch a game and not... Um, you know, have any kind of pick to the public on it. So I just watched two games. Unlike me. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Unlike you. So, um, yeah, I would imagine the results of those two games were not what the uh, public at large expected. I'm sure everyone expected Chip Kelly, the mad scientist, to roll up 30, 40 points on the Atlanta Falcons, who have not been all that in recent history, and we're working with a brand-new coach. And uh, everyone had thrown dirt on the grave of the San Francisco 49ers and uh, proclaimed the Minnesota Vikings to be a team on the rise. Uh, none of that was evident by what took place last night. So uh, you had both home teams winning, and uh, some people very surprised out there, Emil. Well, generally, week one of the NFL gives us surprises. We know, we know that. We, we kind of talked about that in the first show. you got to... You know they're real games. They count. You take them a little with a little bit of a grain of salt because you get some sloppy play in week one. Typically, it's the first time groups of players have played together because due to free agency becoming more prevalent in the last 20 years. And like we talked about last year, you remember week one that huge upset killed a lot of people in the survivor pools. I think Kansas City got absolutely trounced by Tennessee, and Tennessee ended up with two or three wins. So that said, I mean last night's games caused some serious issues uh, up here in the East. As far as, I mean, serious public safety issues, there's uh, gates going up on the Walt Whitman Bridge uh, just mm. so the Eagle fans don't go over the top of it. I mean, they were already buying Super Bowl tickets up here after they watched the preseason. Yeah, well, you and I have talked at great length about the uh, Philadelphia Eagles under Chip Kelly. We'll get a chance to do that even more today as uh, well, we no, talk but instead of NFL. having fun with it we will i mean i plan to actually break down this game for you from from box score we, we could talk about you know you you as a player maybe can talk about what you saw and why i mean yes it's one game listen i'm not going to be surprised i told a couple eagle fans because they're they're telling me their team's going to win five games now i said listen if if I wasn't a Cowboys fan, I'd be betting your Eagles on on Sunday that, that it's probably a game they're going to win. But see, I just look at the Eagles as a long term 
uh, problem because of the way they they call a game, the way they play football, and it was it was never so much on display if you really want to break it down as last night. Uh, yeah, and it's something that's probably going to carry itself uh, for the rest of the season. You know, Chip Kelly is what he is. The Philadelphia Eagles are what they are. Uh, they will have exciting football games this year. There's no question about that, as last night's was exciting. How many wins and losses that translates into is uh, what's up for discussion here. So we'll be talking about that amongst other things that went down in the NFL this weekend. Cowboys and the Giants, we'll have some opinions on that. There were some uh, interesting subplots in that game that was also very exciting and went down to the final minutes. I kind of I like a quote that Tony Romo had there. It's so very true. Uh, we'll discuss that. And we'll talk about the biggest surprises this week in NFL. And then, as Emil said, there were a ton of them. We're also going to jump on some college football. We'll review last week's action. Uh, that Part of that review will be of our picks. Listen, we built ourselves up out of this world, and boy, did we uh, let some air out of the balloon on that one. Uh, we'll discuss that on the show today. A little talk on some <laughs> high school football, national rankings, uh, what do we do with those? And uh, I'll have a little blurb on why recruiting services can't be free. So we'll see uh, if Emil has anything he could chime into on that. That and more coming up on the show today. But let's stay a little bit on what went down uh, last night. Julio Jones, Emil, listen, we all knew he was a great receiver coming in, a, you know, a physical gift, a specimen. Uh, and that was on full display last night. Look, I've been looking at the guy, obviously, since he's – uh, come into the league, and even before that when he was at Alabama. But, man, last night he just really looked like a serious problem for NFL defensive backs. Well, I you know, I, I think last night it was on display just because of the way they used him. He's a great player. My problem with Atlanta is, you know, I'm not sure he'll ever reach his full potential there unless they figure out a way to block up front because when you watch their offense, They've got no confidence at all in their offensive line, so every ball's coming out of there in two seconds. So he's he's not really getting a chance most of the time to get down the field. Everything is him using those gifts to catch the ball, elude defenders, or run them over. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if I would make that out to if their O line out to be that bad. I think maybe some of that's got to be on Matt Ryan and making a decision with the ball. I was encouraged for Atlanta in the way that they were able to run the football, and you know their rookie draft choice Coleman. Um, out of Indiana was uh, an underrated player. Uh, yeah, he really, looked good. Yeah, he he yeah. actually yeah that was that was a, a a good a pleasant surprise for them. But I, I'm still concerned about. You, you, listen, if if Ryan Ryan really got away with a couple, you know, the one turnover got called back, uh, you know, because the Eagles were holding down the field on the fumble. I mean, they got he had three, what two turnovers, two picks last night. Could have been a third, one pick in the end zone. I mean, that game. They left the Eagles in it, and they almost got what they deserved. They almost got a loss. Uh, this is true. They they almost did indeed get themselves a loss, and you know, listen, no one was expecting them to win the game anyway. But it's a start for Atlanta. It is. Uh, I mean, took, listen, they they've got on. a way to go. But I agree with you. They're they're going in the right direction. I'm just saying, when you watch that game early, they they controlled play for mu- pretty much the whole first half. And then, bang, these turnovers, you know, you look, it's 20-3 to three at the half. He throws a pick in the end zone, takes points off the board. They come out mm-hmm. with the interception. I mean, they, they kind of just invited the Eagles to win that game, and the Eagles uh, weren't good enough to take it, unfortunately. Yeah, well, you have to admit, on about three of those drives last night by the Philadelphia Eagles, they looked like they had an unstoppable offense. You know, uh, uh, they just walked right down the football field. 
And if you're a but Philadelphia I, I think Eagles you're, let me fan ask you, and you're wait, looking stop for there, a reason. Stop there. i got to mm-hmm. ask you a question. i got to quiz you. You're a defensive guy. And I'm going to mm-hmm. ask you first and then point out what I think. Why do you think, having seen those three drives, what was your take as to why those three drives, and I know the three you're talking about, they look so unstoppable because I've got my own opinion. I think when I say it, you'll be like, yeah, you've got a point. Why did they look unstoppable? On those Part three. of that has to be that Atlanta had a comfortable lead, at least on the first one that looked good and perhaps changed some of what they were doing there. And, you know, lo and behold, they got ate up so quickly that that just didn't seem like such a great idea anymore. Um, they got themselves in a rhythm. That happens sometimes in a game. And so they were getting the ball out and distributing it and did some things that were different from what I saw than, uh, earlier in the game. You know, they have uh, Sam Bradford, a brand I new I think you just hit the nail on the head with them. For The rhythm part is the biggest thing with them. For their offense to work, at least from what I see, it's predicated on they, they, they need to complete strings of passes in a row. And I know that sounds blatantly obvious because every mm-hmm. offense works like that, but their offense works particularly well when they do that because they can keep you on your heels. The minute they seem to have an incompletion or two, that thing seems to bog down. They're not very good when the other team actually has a chance to look around, survey what they're doing. I mean, and that's what was happening well, early that's in how the game. They, well, I mean, that's how they practice. That's how that whole thing operates. What, I know. What goes on with them is um, I found a hole right here, and before you have a chance to even communicate with anyone upstairs or uh, send in a different play, I'm going to hurry up and line back up and keep attacking that. Yes. And that's just how that thing works for them. So unless you want to call a timeout or – uh, someone goes on a mission, or you somehow are able to change a play in that, you know, in, in that whole express that they've got going there and stop what they're doing. They're going to just go march all the way down the field with it. Totally, it but, but do you notice how it, 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 bre- it lends itself to periods of where they score 17 points in a quarter, and then it lends itself to long periods of threes and outs like they did early in the game? Oh, absolutely, and even then – when they march down the field in that fashion, it's good for them, but it's almost what happens, Emil. It's a total break-even. Because let us let me just paint this scenario for you, all right? The uh, Atlanta Falcons put together a nice 8-9 play, 10-play drive even, where they're ripping off pretty nice runs and they're getting some pretty easy completions. They go all the way down there, and they get in the end zone, and there have been a number of mistakes by the Philadelphia Eagles defense who's also tired because he just were on the field for eight nine play drive and then philadelphia turns around on first down they get that play that they like they hit it and they go hurry up and they're down the field and they score and and everyone's talking about how they got down the field and lightning quick a minute and 15 second drive wow these guys are lightning well you know what your defense hadn't had a chance over there on the side to figure out what the hell just happened to them on the last drive, nor have they caught their breath or got enough Gatorade down their damn throat to go back out there and be worth a damn. So when they go back out there on the field, they still have the same problems that they had in the last drive, and, you know, Atlanta goes right back down there again and drives it right down the field and scores. So your score that you had just got nullified by the score your defense just gave up. And that's what happens with these hurry-up teams. Uh, Even a score, even a quick score is not beneficial to your defense. No, and North if you really look out. at that, if you look at that game last night, um, you know the, the score at half twenty three looks like well the Eagles were behind, so maybe that affected their play calling. But really, the the ten points were in the last minute of the second quarter, 
and then the Eagles immediately got back in the game early in the third quarter. So you can't say, well, their their play calling was skewed because they were behind a lot the whole game. They really weren't. There was a, a period of about a minute at the end of the first half where they were down 17. They immediately cut it to 10. So they had plenty of time to be more balanced. When you look at their final numbers and you say they threw 52 passes and 16 runs, number one, that's a problem. Number two, the use of the running backs, and I, I texted you this last night, makes absolutely no sense to me. You went out and got what you perceived to be as your horse. Now, I'm not saying you're going to run them like Dallas did, but you went out and got a guy that's supposed to be you know, a bellwether type back. Mm-hmm. You give him nine carries? Uh, well, isn't that isn't some of that on Demarco Murray? Like, don't you, do you not see what this team is? See, that's what happens with these guys in free agency. That just drives me absolutely nuts. Is it? Do you get that high up on yourself that you feel you can just go and park yourself in any franchise and you're going to be the guy? You're going to be what you were, wherever you were before, or can you not see that? Hey, this team doesn't run the ball like the other team did, or this team doesn't play defense and coverages like I did in the other place. I think guys just get so full of themselves that they think I can go to any team in the league and be that guy. And uh, this might be an example. Maybe, but but I think, and I don't mean it to sound like it is because Murray's a smart guy, so that's what I'm saying here. I think he knew that, but I think it really comes down to, damn, some guys care and some guys want the money. And I'm not saying he doesn't want to win. He does. But he also, I think he just said to hell with it. You know, I, I took my beating last year. I want to get paid. If they let me run the ball, they let me run the ball. If not, they're still going to be paying me. You know, this is uh, probably a segment for another show. Yeah, it's probably a segment for another show, a free agency and, type of where we could talk. But I'm just saying, I think. And if, the, well, hold on. But if I don't, it, uh, without knowing, all right, so I'm making a wide sweeping generalization here. But if a lot of these guys would come into the league, and especially on that first contract, and be smarter with their money, they won't make foolish decisions in free agency. Um, you make a decision based more on the longevity and the legacy of your career rather than um, I've got this house and these cars and all these other things I need to pay off, so I need to go to the person that's bidding the highest. Because now your career gets shortcut. You know, you're not as good there. And, I mean, you don't get paid on the next contract if you get one or you find yourself bounced out of the And we may be jumping the shark here because it's a small sample size. For all we know, he gets 25 for 150 against my Cowboys on Sunday, and he gets used the way you would think he's going to be used. You have to know, Emil, that that's not going to be the norm in that offense, especially when you've got Darren Sproles and and uh, and Ryan Matthews that also need to get the football. They played well last night. That's just not going to happen. Well, actually, Sproles played great. He got his five carries for his, you know 50 yards where he breaks a long one. You know that's his type of game. He got seven receptions. Um, I'm looking here. Murray got eight eight carries and five receptions, and uh, Matthews had uh, three carries and three receptions. So what I'm saying is, if you look, if it was one running back. You'd say he was pretty busy, <laughs> but when it's three, you know. Yeah, um, and so you, you and I know if there is a game where he has 25 carries, there won't be many of them. Uh, you no, know, the so next I'd game be it'll be five or something, and there was stretches of that game where it's not only didn't he carry the ball, he just wasn't on the field. So I'm sitting there questioning Chip Kelly, not the coach, Chip, Chip Kelly the GM, because here's the thing. If you want to use – this three-headed approach, that's fine. I mean, many NFL teams are doing it these days. If that's the case, you don't need to have the resources they have as a GM allocated to that position because when you start breaking them down, give or take, they've got about $15 bucks a year of their cap into those three guys. That's a lot of coin 
for the numbers I just spewed out. I mean, you can get that from a lot of different combinations. It doesn't require what the Eagles put into it, and we said that preseason. Again, one game could be wrong. I don't think we will be. You know, now that I think about it and listen to what you said, perhaps the real winner in this is DeMarco Murray because consider how many times he touched that ball last year. Maybe this is a good deal for him to extend his career. He's going to get paid, uh, and that's just on the Eagles. Not smart to allocate those kind of funds for someone who's going to touch the ball as little as we've just described here. But maybe for him he can extend his career after playing essentially two seasons. Uh, last year because he touched the ball a whole hell of a lot. Maybe this is a good deal for DeMarco Murray. Maybe he's the smartest guy in the room after all. He is. Well, he's a good – listen, he is. I've said that throughout the offseason. From what what I can tell and I've heard and followed him over the years, he's a good guy. I mean, he doesn't strike me as a a guy that's hard to like. So I don't mind if he has a decent year for the Eagles, just not when they play my team. (laughs) That's all. Yeah, well (laughs) – that's uh, that's always that's always the case here. There's always a USC Cowboys angle. Well, I'm being honest with you. I'm not lying. I don't care if he has a good year. We appreciate your honesty money. here on the Gridiron Studs. Right. You know, we're just all all honest all the time, like car salesmen and uh, web programmers. Correct. Nevertheless, before they get to the Cowboys in USC, they play high school football, and we're going to discuss that next on the Gridiron Stud Show. You folks, hang in there. Emil and I will be right back right after this. Seven-on-seven season, summer basketball, family picnics, all around the corner, and you're paying big money for t-shirts from screen printers? Why? Screen printed t-shirts are costly when done for small groups. They're limited in color unless you want to pay an even higher price. More colors mean higher prices. How do we solve this? Do it yourself at home with your inkjet printer and a hand iron. That's right. With heat transfer paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com, you can design your own logos, Put any wording you want, print it on your inkjet print paper, and using the proper paper sold by t-shirtsupplies.com, you can get this the way that you want it. There's no limit to the amount of color or the design. You can transfer a photograph using this paper. It's great for team sports. It's great for family reunions. It's great for birthday grips. The t-shirt is part of the American culture, and now you can design your own. Don't worry if you haven't done it before. T-Shirt Supplies has the first-rate customer service. They will help you get the paper you want for your project and steer you in the right direction. Visit them now at t-shirtsupplies.com. That's t-shirts, no hyphen, supplies, plural, all one word, dot com. Or call them at one 857 2737 That's 1-877-85-PAPER. T-shirtsupplies.com. Go there now. Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoffs. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over 600000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. 
For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! Could you play? You can play defense. You can be all American. Yeah, I can do it now. You can do it now. Yeah, I can do it. I'm trying to focus on my position, running back. Here on a Tuesday in the Gridiron Stud Show, Chad Wilson and Amo Calamino, not your normal uh, Tuesday lineup because I don't see this guy on Tuesdays, uh, but he's here because I wasn't able to be here yesterday. I had a Monday morning practice uh, yesterday, so we're here uh, wait, Tuesday. What time in the morning do you guys practice? 9 a.m. Was, was the start what time of the, the practice. Well, there was no classes yesterday. It happened to be a Jewish holiday, Rosh Hashanah. So... With, uh, wow, no you guys are more progressive than we are. You you, you actually get the, the holiday, those days off. We we do indeed, indeed we do, and so uh, we took advantage of that uh, fact by going ahead and knocking practice out early in the morning, and uh, so that knocked this show out. But here we are on a Tuesday. Now that we've explained ourselves, uh, we're back here on a Tuesday. It's high school football time. Uh, we're into week three or four, depending on where you are in the country. I always like to read off the rankings every week, Emil. I do the whole Max Preps thing. Um, the national rankings? The national rankings. I like to go with the national oh, rankings. Okay. I'm going to read off the the top 25 football composite rankings. Uh, I know last week I read off Max Preps' own excellent 25, and then they have something called the Freeman rankings, which I have uh, banned the Freeman rankings uh, and the reason I did that, Emil, was as I was going through and reading the rankings, they had uh, a school called IMG ranked number five in the country, and our school, American Heritage, was not ranked at all in the top 25, and American Heritage and IMG played at IMG in the first game of the season, and American Heritage won the game 19-7. to So how much respect can uh-huh. you have for our rank? Yeah, you know, that that happened. So. Me and Freeman fell out over that, so I, I no longer read the Freeman. Maybe writings. you should maybe you should send him an email someday and point that out to him. He might not even know. Yeah, this Freeman dude's in hiding. I don't know that I can. He can even be reached. He might be. Uh, I don't. Well, anyway, he can publish rankings. I, like I mean, you you can start throwing them out there. I mean. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, just not my cup of tea. Uh, and I do understand some of the politics behind the rankings. Um, if you're a national publication, you can't go and stuff the rankings with all teams from California or all teams from Florida when uh, you're trying to gain the eyeballs of people from all 50 states. Even so though I that would probably them. honestly be the way the rankings shook out if you did them and let them play. Uh. M- most likely. If there were some system at all where you could gather up all the teams and have some crazy long tournament, at the end of the day, you'd probably have uh, the top 25 comprised of Texas. Well, but I got a better system. I pull out the rosters in the NFL and the major colleges. Yeah, that that too. Although some would argue that because they're in the NFL doesn't mean that when they're in high school you have the best 
team, so to speak. Okay, how about I pull out the rosters of major colleges? Is that fair? (laughs) Still, some would argue. Some would Uh, argue anything. (laughs) Yeah, you could argue anything in this day and age. I will say this to that point, though, that one of the better teams, the best teams historically in the state of Florida is a school called Bulls. They have a coach named Corky Rogers. Bolts, Bolts, B-O-L-L-E-S. Oh, Bolts. Okay. Come, it's Tuesday, man. Come on, get get it together, my friend. Um, nevertheless, uh, Bolts has a coach by the name of Corky Rogers who is the has won the most championships in the state of Florida's history and does not typically put out major college football players but has the best team um, usually I know that stuff every happens, year. but, I mean, I mean, you can give me outliers – for anything, what I'm trying to tell you is, generally speaking, if I go looking around college football when games are played, I see a lot of kids from Florida, California, and Texas. Now, that's not a coincidence. No, no, warm weather, big states um, where football is king. You know, you've got people listening right now from Ohio and uh, parts of New Jersey. A lot of Georgia players from Ohio, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. There's no doubt about it. I live up here. We We have some good high school football. I'm just telling you. That I've seen, knowing you, talking to you over the years, you know, you'll tell me, oh, we have a team. And I'll, you'll be telling me about Division One guys, and you might have ten guys on a team or whatever. I mean, yeah, you know, that, that generally you doesn't happen up here unless you're in a really good school in Pittsburgh, and that would be a one-off, or maybe Philadelphia. You know, we we, we have really good teams, but they're not producing ten Division One players. I'm just being honest with you. Oh yeah, and and and, and you are factual in this assessment. All right. With that being said. Let me run quickly through the uh, Max Preps Top 25 Football Composite Rankings. And to be honest with you, this is all I should be reading because it takes into account a number of polls, one being the Max Preps Excellent 25, Prep Nation, another uh, high school football uh, outlet that covers uh, the uh, high school gridiron, USA Today, and everyone knows who that is, plus the Max Preps Computer, wherever that is located. Nevertheless, here are the rankings. (laughs) Number one, Bishop Gorman out of Las Vegas. Uh, their claim to fame is uh, that's where Snoop Dogg's son played last year. Uh, and they also had their coach, Amal, I don't know if you're aware of this, their very successful coach left Bishop Gorman last year to be the head coach of UNLV. I, Not a I, I was here. aware of that as of Saturday because I happened to watch some of the UNLV-UCLA game. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, so Bishop Gorman, number one. Number two, a uh, school nationally known and very well known down here in this area, St. Thomas Aquinas, uh, one of your former Cowboy guys, uh, Michael, Urban Michael Irvin, is yeah. alumni, alumni. Yeah, I'm uh, aware of St. Thomas Aquinas. There you go. And then number three, Centennial in Corona, California, near out of my neck of the woods where I graduated from high school. I have a connection some kind of way to all of these schools. Isn't that yeah, crazy? Yeah, no, I, I'm aware uh, of Centennial. So, so far, I'm so good on them, even though I don't follow high school like you. So far, yeah, so good. Four, no problems. Number four, DeMatha High School, who we played a couple of weeks ago, and we we, we let them off the hook. I, I really wish I had uh, that sound bite. Say it like right Denny now, Green. But, yeah, there you go. And they uh, they beat us by one point in our place, and uh, we certainly helped them with that. But they have a very good football team. Don't want to take anything away from DeMatha. They find themselves at number four on the list. Number five, Allen, Texas. Most know them as having the uh, $60 million high school football stadium in Texas, but they also happen to be very, very good at the game of football. So they are uh, number five overall in the country. Number six, St. John Bosco. Not the one in Jersey, but the one 
in Bellflower, California. California they are yep. number six. And I believe that's where the UCLA quarterback is from, if I'm not mistaken. I think Rosen yes, from St. John Yes, Josh Rosen, who's yeah. uh, opened up his college career quite nicely. Uh, they were number nine last week. Number seven is Colquitt County out of Moultrie, Georgia. I have to admit, I don't know much about them. And uh, when you see teams like this ranked, they may very well have a monster. But when you see teams like this ranked, this is when folks in California, Texas, and uh, and, and and Florida get upset if they're well. Wait, ranked. to be fair though, I do notice, and you 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 can speak to this because obviously you do the high school recruiting stuff. But uh, I notice a lot of kids coming from Georgia. Oh yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, I, you know, just w- because I kept the, the list constrained, Georgia was not on it. But if you stretch your list out to five or six states, Georgia's definitely in that. Uh, yeah. Carrying on. Number eight, Ocean Lakes out of Virginia Beach, Virginia, which Virginia uh, Beach has also produced some football players. One of the best football players to come out of the Virginia area didn't even play football. His name is Allen Iverson. Iverson. Yeah. Yeah, chose to play basketball. But uh, Michael Vick also out of the Virginia area. Allen Iverson uh, did okay with that basketball stuff. He did. He did. How about this craziness? Um, number nine is IMG. Uh, they're located in Bradenton, Florida. For those Wait, how of you are they not still number nine? You beat their head on two touchdowns. Oh, <laughs> yeah, well, uh, more to talk about. Do I have to crush this list also and not read this one? But nevertheless, they're number nine. They were number ten last week. Uh, for those who are not aware of it, IMG uh, is set up in uh, Bradenton, Florida, and uh, it's a Disney World. It's a playground for amateur athletics, and uh, they've recently started up with a high school football team. I want to say it's about four or five years old, um, and they go around and get the best of the best. So wait, they actually the have a high school? I knew this was an academy, but did they? They actually like the kids. Like it's a high school. They do have a high school. And it cost uh, roughly $60,000 a year to go there. Do um, girls go to the, the high school, too? Um, you know, I believe that they do, Emil. Um, and and so if you have uh, softball players, tennis players, Holy uh, crap, sport, what's this country coming to? Uh, listen, it's specialized like that. And it's not just from this country. There are international attendees to IMG Academy. So it's it's getting very real out there. Nevertheless, IMG number nine. They were ten last week. Number ten is Trinity out of Euless, Texas. A uh, pretty good team. They were number eight last week. They slipped a little bit. Moving up in the poll, though, is Cedar Hill, also out of Texas. Fifteen last week. Number 11 this week. Number 12 on the list, Spartanburg High School out of South Carolina. 13 is a uh, very popular uh, program out of New Jersey. as Bergen Catholic, their 13th. Number 14, Clay Chalkville, not uh, the most well-known school, but they are 14. I guess they've got a pretty good team this year. Number Where are 15, they from? Arch- they are out of Pinson, Alabama. Okay. Uh, good old Pinson, because uh, everyone goes to Pinson. Yes. Familiar with Pinson? No. Yeah, neither am I. Number 15, Archbishop Rommel out of uh, Metairie, Louisiana. They uh, move up from number 23, so I guess they're doing some well, they got good some things. players down there, too. That's another state with all gives you a lot of high school players. Coming yeah, into, Louisiana. Yeah. And a guy I coach with who played in the NFL, Pat Sertan, uh, is always quick to point out to everyone on our staff that per capita, Louisiana uh, produces the most 
NFL football player. So that's his claim to fame. So he's well, all I over mean, the. You know, that's actually cap. believable when you think about it. That, that's that. I mean, you see probably it's true. Guys. I'm sure it's something he yeah. researched heavily and is, hangs it over all of our heads on a daily basis. So okay, uh, well, that's, 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 that's where he's from. Yeah, oh, of course, he's in New Orleans. He went to Southern Miss, Mississippi. Am I wrong? Or how, where he go? Southern Miss and uh, many years with the Dolphins, a Pro Bowler for the Dolphins, yes. and uh, also the Kansas City Chiefs. So. Yes. Uh, he's repping for Louisiana hard and fast every day. Number 16, speaking of the devil, is American Heritage out of Plantation, Florida. So here's what we got, Emil. We beat IMG uh, rather soundly, too, by the way, 19-7. to um, Game wasn't even that close. We dominated these guys on their own soil. But here we are, number 16, IMG is number I got 60,000 reasons why they're ahead of you, so keep going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, tell me about it. Uh, <laughs> number Number also tied for 16 on the list is LaSalle, uh, a well-known high school out of the uh, uh, Cincinnati area. Number 18, Katy, Texas, who's been a part of this poll for a good part of the last They're year. They're out of the Houston years. area, right? That's where Roger Clemens is from. Somewhere there, somewhere in that area, and you know they love their football in Texas. And yep. number 19, South Panola out of Batesville, Mississippi. And uh, number 20, a very famous team uh so famous they made a movie out of it because they had the longest win yes, in high school football going. history concord de la salle so i stop at 20 i don't even read the whole 25 uh for those locally though number 22 is flanagan i'm sure they would uh take up you know exception to that um but flanagan before the arrival of former Florida State Seminole and uh, NFL football player Devin Bush, who's the head coach at that place. Uh, well, wait, I know I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but I mean, you, you mean, and I know it's interesting. We love lists in America. We talk about that all the time, but you know how absurd it is to rank high school teams okay. that never play there's one another. There's only 50,000 of them. Um, yeah, I mean, in a state, you maybe you could try it in the state and maybe get a decent, you know, Cross section. If you want to go by by division, you guys have eight divisions. Like if you want to give me the division four Florida rankings, okay, maybe we can have we we can glean something from that because they play one another in games. But for you to start telling you know for me to sit here and have an argument with you that a team in California is better than a team in Florida or vice versa is 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 totally ridiculous. Yeah, a really difficult one. So. Um, you know, I don't know what you do about that. Okay, I think that's all we're going to have with uh, time for with high school football today. Uh, I am back on on Thursday with more in-depth in high school football, talk about the upcoming matchups uh, that we have. We'll talk about a little bit of last week's action. I'll also touch some on uh, an article that I wrote uh, entitled Why Recruiting Services Can't Be Free. I think those of you that follow uh, high school football and college football recruiting are also intimately involved, meaning you're a parent or a player or a coach, would find uh, this article and my discussion on it quite interesting. So um, I guess I'll tease that out to Thursday. So be sure to join me at 10 a.m. here on Thursday. Uh, we need to go to a break, but before that, we got to have our uh, top caller on. Les, what's going on, my friend? What's happening? What's happening? Hey, listen, I think we're Hi, all caught by surprise with uh, a lot of what went down on the gridiron this weekend in college and NFL football, man. Real quick, what were your thoughts on some things? Oh, man. Um, I was very How about them Lions, to... man? How about that? We can start there. Ooh, ooh. You want to hit a brother in the chin, huh? Did you watch that? Did you have a chance to watch that game? They were up early, but I didn't get a chance to watch it. But uh, I, I watched it. I happened to get home. I was doing things in the afternoon. I didn't see many of the early games. I got home for the 4 o'clock set, 
And that, that seemed like an interesting game. I always like watching those games out in San Diego. It makes me happy. It's sunny. Uh, the Lions were killing them. I, I sat there and I said, boy, I'm going to have to turn the channel here. I mean, Phil, Phil Rivers was getting picked off on underthrows. Then all of a sudden, you know, I went and did something for 10 minutes, and it was a game again. I, uh, what happened? Uh, Matthew Stafford. That's <laughs> he happened? <laughs> he yeah, happened, huh? That, that that guy that guy throws so many interceptions. He just, he, he reminds me of Brett Hoyer. <laughs> hey, well, listen now. Let me let me ask you this, Matthew Stafford. Love him, like him, hate him. Where are you at with him? Uh, dislike. Dislike. Wow, yes, that's dislike. that's strong. I mean, what were the lines before he got there though? They were uh, quite the mediocre I mean, team, and now they're I mean, they're above average. Would you not say that? Yeah, but when when you throw the ball sidearm and you throw the ball and Calvin Johnson jumps above three people or you have a golden tape that, that if you throw the ball closer to the ground, he's liable to get it. I mean, to be up by 14, 21 points and all of a sudden you come back and lose to a team that wasn't fully prepared. I mean, the running back didn't play that well. Um, well, wait, my did man, you, less. Didn't that wait, wait, have a decent about... game? Pardon me? You didn't Stafford. like Abdullah? No, Abdullah was great. I'm yeah. talking about I'm talking about with the San Diego Chargers. Oh, okay, yeah, because I was going to say, I thought Abdullah really really looks like you guys have a running back on your hands there. No, but I hold mean, on, I, I feel the need to point this out, Les. You talked about your quarterback throwing sidearm. Did you happen to check out the quarterback for the other team that beat y'all, how he throws the rock? Well, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's ugly, but got he, the job he done. Does, he, yeah, he does it, and he gets away with it. I mean, I, I I can't understand Mike McCoy not changing that, but hey, that that's going on. Well, that's just uh, one that you give a warning to the kids and say, please don't try this at home on your own because it could be dangerous. When I see Phil Rivers throw a ball, I think every quarterback coach in the country cringes when he has success <laughs> because there's no way you want a kid emulating that. No well, sir, no sir. About it, we need we need to find out how many surgery surgery he had. And then put that out there. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, you know. Then let's talk about, about something that. happy. Wait, before we go to break, I want to talk to Les about something him and I are both happy about. How about Michigan State, Les? Uh, very good victory. We control the game. Um, you know, minus a few mistakes that that happens throughout the game. I mean, I think we we had a solid game against Oregon. Uh, Oregon is a very talented team. Um, they are a team that can be reckoned with in the Pac-12. So. Oh yeah, no, they're I not mean, going anywhere. That was, that was uh, I mean, Michigan State. I knew that the game they had a chance to control that game with about six minutes left when they were up ten and they stopped Oregon. And for some reason, they had been moving the ball much of the night, but they just went three and out. And when that happened, I said, "Oh boy, we're coming down to the end here." Because I had a feeling Oregon was going to, you know, stick one in the end zone. Well, let's, right, we got to right, jump right. to a break, man. But I got a, this question for you: Michigan State, do you think do you think they can get it done against Ohio State? We're only two weeks in, but what are your thoughts on that? Well, if, if Virginia Tech would have that quarterback, I think Ohio State would probably have one loss right now. Okay. Um, but besides, besides that, I think we we have the talent to to fight against uh, Ohio State, and I think we should beat them this year. All right, my man. Well, I'm, we're gonna have to I'm leave not it that there. Impressed. Yeah, you know, I I hear you. We'll see what the rest of the the in, the oncoming weeks bring to us. Although there isn't much standing in the way of Ohio State on that schedule, from what I see, man. But we'll have to leave it there. Less as always, appreciate you calling in.
Hey, thanks for having me on the Gridiron Special. I appreciate See you, Lassie. All right. We're going to jump into a break. When we get back, it's NFL Talk Time here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Stay with us. You want the truth? Well, here it is. Speed kills. And in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. Do you want championship-type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises, along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. And I know she'll be the death of me, at least we'll both be numb. And she'll always get the best of me, the worst is yet to come. But at least we'll both be beautiful to stay forever young. We're back here on a Tuesday edition of the Gridiron Stud Show. Chad Wilson, Emil Calamino. And uh, we just hopped off of the high schools. We're going to jump over college football, which we'll hit in the next segment, and uh, Get on the NFL action. Listen, a ton of surprises this week. I'm in fact the whole damn thing was a surprise for me, considering uh, I, I didn't hit not one NFL pick. I mean, nothing went the way I expected it to go. I, I think I'll start with the Houston Texans. Uh, I had both of these teams, uh, Houston and Kansas City, pegged to be good football teams this year, and with that being the case, kind of expected Houston to come out and show a little bit more in their home opener than they did against the Chiefs. I mean, Alex Smith never looked so good against this defense. No, I mean, that was that was a surprise. But they jumped out early on them, and then by the time by the time uh Houston finally got, you know, by the time Houston finally got back uh in a position to to get themselves in the game, it was too late. I mean, they just kind of, I don't know, they let it get away from them early. Apparently Hoyer's not going to be the answer for the Houston Texans. Brought a little bit of too Certainly much Cleveland with so him right now. Yeah, his first attempt is an INT, a ridiculously uh, a ridiculous decision and throw on the play, and that kind of put uh, Houston in a bind early on. Uh, but I'm expecting bigger and better things, especially from that Houston offense. I yeah, think I, I think defense. I think it was early. I think I mean I wouldn't get I think they're both going to end up being pretty good teams. You don't like Kansas City as much as I do. I kind of think Kansas City again one week doesn't Well no, doesn't, I got the Chiefs winning the division. Okay. Yeah, yeah I think I they're going to be like a decent them. club. I mean, I think I think they're going to be a decent club, especially given I I'm I'm looking for a fall back from Denver. I really don't like what I saw from Peyton Manning. He looks like he might be at the end. Uh, well, you know, that was one of my storylines coming into this season. I watched towards the end of the year, and just you couldn't get a spiral out of Peyton Manning. And um, I hope his quest for that second title, which I think is what's fueling him, uh, doesn't lead to him. He, I, he couldn't completely tarnish his legacy, but just don't limp out of the league. You know what I mean? Don't don't go out in a whimper. Um, 
you know, kind well, of part kinda, of it's knowing when. It you, well, part of it's knowing when to say when. Like Jeter, kind of always used him as the example. He didn't embarrass himself at the end. He may not have been the player he was, but he certainly didn't embarrass himself. Yeah, and for a lot of athletes, man, you got to have either that season or just that one game where it becomes painfully obvious that you're done. And uh, it, I don't know. It looks like it may be heading in that direction for Peyton Manning. Just can't can't throw a spiral, which is like a requirement for that job, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, you've got to be able to spin the ball out of your hand for yeah. crying out loud. File this under a big surprise. It was a friends and family game, but the Jets winning 31-10 to and Todd Bowles' opener was a bit of a surprise for me. How bad is the Cleveland Browns organization, Namel? Yeah, you know, the I, I certainly would never have picked that game, so that's the first thing, just because of the nature of who was playing, but... You could kind of see that might go that way just because the Browns, if they start turning it over, the Jets certainly have the, a, a pretty good defense. And, you know, I'm, I, I'm not that surprised at home. I think the Browns 31 are bad, to 10, though. You know, expect the Jets win because you just don't look for the Browns to be winning road games no matter what the circumstance. But the 31 to 10 is the one that caught me by surprise. Another big surprise in the game, Emil, one Johnny Manziel not only getting into the game and playing considering the tumultuous offseason that he had, but playing rather decent. 13 of 24, 182, one TD, one interception, rushing five times for 35 yards. Um, Let me ask is, you, were you we, able to see the highlights of this game at all, seriously? Uh, no, I didn't get to see much. Still on my list of games to take a look at here. Okay, because but, here's here's what the biggest surprise to me was, that they locked a bunch of marketing people for the Cleveland Browns into a room and say, come up with a new uniform <laughs> design, and that's what the hell they came up with. That looks like something my wife puts out in the fall well, here around Thanksgiving. Uh, look, I didn't see the game, but I did see that. And, okay. Um, it it looks like brown, that brown and orange, I, it looks like a decoration, okay, that, that she has out like on a table. It looks like something you bring up after a long night of drinking with your buddies. That's basically <laughs> that too. what it looks like for you. Yeah, something you put on the kitchen floor when you stagger through the door drunk. Uh, nevertheless, um, Buffalo Bills handling the Indianapolis Colts. Not really a surprise to me, maybe not to you, Emil, because we did rail a little bit on uh, the whole Andrew Luck blow-up deal and how he feasted on the uh, sorriness of the AFC South. But here this is once again going in against a quality opponent for the Indianapolis Colts and failing to answer the bill. Uh, the bell, let me say. So, um Good yeah, well, let, let me just say this. I don't want to get too carried away with, you know, we always have fun with knee-jerk. Um, I'm looking more for things I see that could be a problem, and I'm sure you are too, as to, you know, what teams are doing, not necessarily results. So I'm not going to say the Colts stink because they lost that Buffalo. That's a, that's a losable game right now because the Bills, while their offense still leaves a little bit to be desired, I mean, Taylor played well at quarterback. I don't expect that to continue. Their defense is stout, so that you know that does. But, but I, I'm just concerned that the and Colts Rex are, always gets off to a good start, Emil. Does he not? He always, oh, any place he, he goes, goes I mean, pretty soon you, you know what happens. The first year they'll be okay. Next year's wife will have a Tyrod Taylor tattoo somewhere on her shoulder, and then it goes downhill from there. Okay. Um, oh, I really but, no, I, I can hit the drum cymbals on that one. Good one, my friend. I, no, I but like they that. seriously they they have a good stout defense. I my concern with the Colts, they're not physical. Okay, mm-hmm. we saw that in the games they played physical teams last year. They got pushed around a lot, and and I don't mm-hmm. see where that changed. I mean, because you brought in some aging veterans, 
with some name recognition. I mean, Andre Johnson was once one of the two or three best receivers in the league. He could still mm-hmm. be a piece for you, but he's not a, mm-hmm. a guy that tilts the scales in your favor. Same with Frank Gore. Yeah. Frank Gore was yeah. one of the two or three best running backs for a long time in this league, and no one knew it. Um, he's just not a guy that tilts the field in your favor anymore. He can be a piece. So people got yeah. real excited, you know. They they did because names are excite you and listen these are two of my Kane brothers and you know two of the best at their two of the positions, best very best um, at you know at the at the peak of their career but even both of them would admit you're on the back nine and uh, asking them to be a big part of what you're doing uh, is probably not the way to go and the Colts just can't run the ball when your whole thing is your quarterback's going to throw the ball 600 times a season it's hard for you to be physical that's just going to be the deal um, not a surprise here. Uh, even though I ended up with a loss picking this game, as I took the Redskins against the Dolphins, I suspected things would not get to a blazing start for Miami. They may indeed, you know, blossom into this team that everyone down here is hoping that they would. But um, they're going to have to show me, and they didn't in this contest, though they won it 17-10 against the Redskins. Um, there were some things that would cause people to be concerned if you're a Dolphins fan, namely um, allowing the Redskins to rush the ball in the manner that they did. Um you know, to the tune of what they rush for, 161 yards. Well, they, I may be a little different than you, and maybe I'm not in this respect. First couple weeks of the season in the NFL, I get more concerned with things that are physical. How do I say this? Than mental. In other words, if, mm. if the Dolphins went out and turned it over five times and, and lost mm-hmm. the game, but mm-hmm. I saw them, you know, stuff the run and do the things that you know you need to do long term to be successful, I'd say mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. The fact that they went out and pretty much didn't dominate the line of scrimmage at all is really what concerns me because that's where their their assets are invested. The strength, in that right? That, that right. The that's the strength of, that of them being good. Right. Yeah. The, you, when you look at the Dolphins, you, you think about the Dolphins. You say defensive line. We got Wake. We got Sue. They got other guys. They're giving up 161 yards rushing, 4.4 yards a carry. That's a problem for them. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to have to get fixed. ASAP, um, and, and, you know, you're going to need to get a little bit more out of your offense, too, as well. You know, everyone talking about Tannehill and, you know, he's coming along. You're going to need to step it up on that side of the ball, too. Listen, if you're a person that pays attention, this next uh, outcome, not a great surprise, but if you're just the general public at large, you're blown away by the fact that the St. Louis Rams would beat the Seattle Seahawks, who have been in the last two Super Bowls on opening day. You and I have talked about how the Rams give the Seahawks fits. So I almost we could made that a pick that. this week. I'm going to tell you a good story since we're going through our picks here, re- reading this. The opening weekend in the NFL, I guess, was a train wreck for Vegas. They, they, they really got hammered. And uh, the only saving grace I read they had with the end was uh, the, the Cowboys not covering against the Giants because all the mm. major favorites that are popular one and one we covered. Uh, Green Bay and Miami being the two biggest that that they had money mm. on. The Cowboys mm. really saved their, them from being a, a disaster. That said, they said on this particular game they had one and a half times as many tickets tickets mm. now on Seattle. Mm. They had two and a half times as much money on the Rams. So that means it was a public versus sharp game, as they call it, meaning mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. public, the small guys walking in betting 100 $200 on a game are taking Seattle. The people mm-hmm. moving 50000 $100,000, they took a six-figure bet even on the Rams. That tells wow. you the professionals were on the Rams, and they kind of saw this one coming. Somebody knew something. And, Emil, and what I am going to describe as the biggest surprise 
uh, of the NFL weekend was not only Tennessee going in and handing Tampa Bay their rear end, 42-14, to 14, but it's the performance of Marcus Mariota, who I uh, fully did not expect to blast off into his NFL career. But I must admit, um, driving back, from Gainesville uh, as this is going down and I had you know when you're driving you have time to reflect on all kind of things like you know um, your thoughts on maybe something like this uh, um, you know your childhood dog all kind of things go through your head as you drive right uh, the turnpike in Florida so I thought to myself this one of my big things about quarterbacks coming out and how I try to project their success in the league is the number of years they were starters and played in college football and that is a big, big plus for Marcus Mariota. Uh, been behind the wheel and at the controls and making decisions as a quarterback in big games and in contests for quite some time. Uh, when you match that up against Jameis Winston, who only did it for two seasons, he has a tremendous advantage there. And it looks like that might be playing itself out. Again, this is knee-jerk uh, Tuesday. Um, but it looks to me like Marcus Mariota might be all right for the Tennessee Titans. He's not going to face the Bucks well, every week, but he's not. Yes, he's not going to be two, a disaster. A couple things here. A couple things here. They, they, they obviously he played well. They protected him. He played a team that isn't very good. They only asked him to throw 16 passes. Granted, he executed them perfectly and threw four touchdowns. Mm-hmm. No, no criticism. But they did the mm-hmm. things that you need to do to, to help a kid be successful. They ran the ball 32 times. I mean. Mm-hmm. They, in other words, I'm trying to say is they had a smart game plan. Now, if they can execute that plan more weeks than not, he'll be fine. My only concern is that they start getting in games where they're not way up, where they can't execute that game plan, and then you get then you get to see can he really throw the ball 35 times, 40 times mm-hmm. under duress? We're going to see. I mean, he's a good kid. I hope he can. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm going to reserve judgment on that, I guess is what I'm trying to say to you, until I see a little bit more against some higher quality competition than a perennial doormat Tampa Bay. Yeah, well, for an NFL rookie, uh, there's no bigger confidence boost than to come out and throw three touchdowns and have your team win 42-14 in in your first game as an NFL player. So on the other side, Jameis Winston, who uh, doesn't struggle with confidence, is probably – uh, a guy who could shrug this off as just being one of those things. Uh, he started off ugly. The, I want to say the first or second pass of his career was a pick six. Um, but, you know, battled back nicely, 16 of 33, 210. Uh, was sacked four times. That was a problem. But did end up with two touchdowns uh, against his two interceptions. I have a friend who I, has a relative that, that intercepted Jameis Winston, just so you know. Yeah, I wonder who the heck that is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> file this under... File this under not a surprise, but a huge disappointment, and that's the Oakland Raiders, who I did also pick. Uh, but losing by 20 to the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, tremendous disappointment. I thought the Raiders were uh, heading in the right direction, and again, it's just one game, but this is not the way to start if you're the Oakland Raiders. Well, it's one game, but the concern is it's one game at home in your opener. I mean, usually your opener is when the, you know, the tulips are out in the garden. Every, you know, spring has sprung. You know, everything looks possible. If you if you can't, if you can't bring a good effort that day, God when sake. can you? Yeah, you, you lose your home opener, and when you've been as sorry as the Raiders have been, you know, I'd mentioned this when we were doing the picks. Is you know, you try to get your uh, wins in early in the season. That's when these teams do that because at a certain point they're going to realize we're not that great, and then it starts to fall apart for you. Uh, couldn't 
couldn't quite get that done here. Uh, big news out of that, you know, the thing everyone was talking about out of that game was uh, Pac-Man Jones being Pac-Man, ripping uh, Amari Cooper's helmet off and then ramming his helmet onto the back of uh, another helmet, or ramming his head onto the back of another helmet. Pac-Man Jones, what do you make out something's, of this, this guy? Something's uh, missing up there, you know what I'm saying? He's got a few bricks shy of a, a full load, as they say. Yeah, totally missing the good sense that God has given him. Given him, uh, right. And pulls, yeah, pulls that real stupid move. So we'll see uh, what's going to happen there so with Pac-Man here. on that one. You, I feel like a genius, and I suck too. You were 0-3. Start the throw. Yeah, yeah, you were just uh, a, a regular... A regular uh, train wreck. Guru. Uh, I had Houston like you. I had Houston. Let's cover another game as we're going down. We'll talk about one of my winning, my only winning pick. I took the San Diego Chargers. We talked about that with Les, our our, our friend of the show there. Uh, and frankly, I wasn't feeling real good about that. I, I looked. It was 21-3. I said, oh, boy, here we go. Mm. Um, mm. Somehow I turned around, and the score was all of a sudden it was like 21-20 or something like that. And before I knew it, Lions, the Chargers. baby. The Lions being the Lions. So at the end of the day, I, I got to win. With the Chargers. So that was one of my wins. Uh, There's another game we kind of skipped here. I wanted to see what you thought about the, the Cardinals. You said, my, you, said, you said one of your wins? One, my, my only win. My, my only win. <laughs> Let me correct that. Um, yeah. Two more, two more it, games it we got to touch It on. was the only win between the two of us we could muster up in this first week of NFL. Yeah, I was one so, and two. For those of you out there. We'll, we'll uh, get to my other loss. But how about the Cardinals? I mean, we didn't think – I mean, I don't know. What did you say about the Saints? You might have picked them to win the division. I didn't think much of the Saints this year. I did pick the Saints to win the division, uh, although I think when we ran through this, I liked the Cardinals in this game. Yes. So, uh, the, the Cardinals Saints look, on grass and a home opener, eh, not so much. The Cardinals look really good. And my, my, my boy Palmer, man, I mean, he must have been playing fight on in his head or something. He looked like it was he's 2002. A, he's, a solid, he's a solid quarterback. Uh, I know we want to get out the USC pom-poms, but he is a solid quarterback. I only wish, like, Carson would have been uh, the quarterback in the heyday of USC, like when Pete Carroll was in there and really, really had it going. I would have loved to have seen what he would look like. You know, Carson Palmer is forever uh, one of my favorite quarterbacks for one simple thing, that he looked Cincinnati in the face and said, I have $75 million in the bank, which you guys want to do. Love that. Uh, Love that. I'm out of here, yeah. Yeah, I'm out of here. I'm yeah. bouncing. I'm done. Well, I'll tell you what. Of all the guys that came out of there, he was the most talented of the lot, but he only got the first year of that whole thing. So, you know, unfortunately, right. he didn't get the – but, but yeah, he's a good player. Yeah, I wish he would have had the Matt Linett years is what I'm oh, saying. Oh, you and me both. how that would have went down. Yeah. But then again, I mean, there's a certain uh, apex you can only hit regardless of who the quarterback was. I think they scored about 50 points a game for most of those three years. So, I mean, how much better was score it Score more, get? man. Score more. Let you me ask you on this one. We talked about a little. Uh, the, uh, our, you and I both have a little bit of a like for the Ravens for some reason. We follow them. Uh, I thought they were going to pull that one out, but their offense really, uh, it was putrid out in Denver. I uh, expected more out of that. Thought they'd run the ball a little better. It didn't work out that way. I want to give a little bit of credit to the Denver defense, who played well last year. Uh, but again, the road 173 yards, my friend. You gotta you gotta bring more than 173 yards to the party. Oh, you, mo- you most definitely do. <laughs> and uh, you know you can cue up all the criticism for Joe Flacco. I think a lot of that has to do with that dizzy look he has on his face. But you know what? When December turns to January, that guy becomes a genius in the face. So we'll see what Baltimore brings. A big yeah, thing well, I mean, I'm not in one game. I'm not writing them off with a road loss at Denver. That's no big deal. I mean, they'll be. They lose Terrell Suggs though. 
for the year. For, uh, once again, he's torn that Achilles. So that's that's the biggest. Is it, yeah, uh, I was going to ask you: was that the second time, and is it the same one? Um, man, for you know, I hope it's the same one. If you tear both Achilles, like you got a serious issue. So, uh, I you know I have to double check on that. Either way, though, you know, Achilles is the worst injury I think you can get outside of uh, a neck or something. Yeah, in this league, you know, it's surpassed. Um, ACLs because they can do such a great job with the ACLs now is that the Achilles injury is, um, man, that's probably career-threatening for him. Well, at this time. stage of the game, I will say this, I, I, while, while you hate to lose the Suggs, I think the you know fans, one thing we all have to realize is the NFL is a game of injuries, and, and really it's about you know the depth. Uh, unless you lose your starting quarterback, that's different. You lose your starting quarterback. I mean, there's not 32 NFL quality quarterbacks. So if you lose one of the 20 that you ha- and you happen to have one of those 20 that are really good, um, you're probably in trouble. That said, you're going to lose guys in the NFL. Just the nature of it. So it comes down to the, the character. Next man of your better team. be up and ready. Yeah, the character of your team and the depth of your roster. And I I think the Ravens will be just fine. Sure, would they like to have them out there? Of course they would. But I think they'll be fine. Sure, uh, and their defense is really about a system, not not really one guy. I'm going to make an executive decision here. This is our final segment of the show, so we're not going to get to college football today. I'll save that uh, for our talk on Thursday, and obviously uh, we'll have picks on Friday. Amo won't yeah, we'll recap, we'll recap last week's it. college. That was nothing to write home about either, but at least better in the NFL. We'll, we'll talk about that on Friday. Yeah, um, so our final thing we're going to talk about here is that Sunday night game with Inch, which you know, ended up being uh, for NBC and for the NFL a big winner because it went all the way down to the edge. But, you know, let's talk a little bit about here. You and I shared some text on this. I'm a little concerned looking at the Cowboys because I saw a little bit of the old play calling here. You know, you 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 disagree with me a little bit on that. No, no, I don't disagree. I see a little bit of what you're talking about. I think part of it was the way the game uh went as it got went along they found themselves you know after that second that interception there uh they found mm-hmm. themselves down 10 and then they just threw a lot of passes in that fourth quarter um my more more but of my you know concern, hey I'll, let me stop you there i noticed last year that even when they found themselves behind in games they'd still run the football you know like the game you know it when the game was not a complete blowout, and I don't think the cowboys ever found themselves in that situation uh they would still run the football and i thought in certain instances this week they really, really went away with that and just really made it all about the passing game. And that's the part that scared me a little bit. You can still run a draw play. You can still run the ball on first down, even when you're behind 10 points uh, as as the Cowboys found themselves in the second half in this game. That doesn't mean you totally abandon You don't abandon it. Uh, I'm not arguing that. I think my concern with the running game is more along the lines of this. I think they can run the ball if they're committed. They did take 23 running plays, which mm-hmm. is not the old Cowboys who would do 12, but mm-hmm. that said, I'd like to see them get a guy that they really use more than the others. and get. I'd like to see them get Randall into a rhythm. He, he ran mm-hmm. the ball effectively at 16 carries. He got four, yard, four yards a carry. He was good for them last year. I'd like to see him get the carries and use McFadden in, in Dunbar and those third down rules, McFadden can pick up the blitz. I mm-hmm. like I like the fact that he's a bigger guy. He has some speed. Mm-hmm. If he catches the ball, but I think I'd like to see them get a guy in a rhythm. I, I, that's the only thing that concerns me is getting in a flow of calling the plays, and I think that's where Linehan was struggling a little. I don't think they're mm-hmm. not committed to the run. The one thing that I did feel good about, they were sloppy all night, no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Felt good about that line. That Romo mm-hmm. was in a clean pocket all night. 
Oh, um, yeah, I will say that. Because not only you, can this team run block, they can also pass block as well. So, yeah, so uh, here's, that's why I think there. that the Dez injury for them is something for – now, you wouldn't want to lose him for the season, but to lose him for four games, I think they can overcome it because here's the thing. You're going to have lesser quality receivers. The one thing that you need to do if your receivers aren't the quality of a Des Bryant is it takes them longer to get opened. You need to have, mm-hmm. keep your quarterback upright in the pocket. They can do that. If they were, say, a team like Atlanta last night, They'd be in mm-hmm. trouble without Julio Jones because a regular yeah, well, you receiver. Gotta, well, you got to win at the line of scrimmage and get open right now. Yeah, I understand you on that. Let me ask you this from a fantasy perspective. Des Bryant's out, and no one really knows. I've heard four to six weeks, uh, six to eight weeks, eight to 12 weeks. Depends on what talk radio show you're listening sure. to. Any way you look at it, he's probably gone for at least four weeks. So from a fantasy perspective, who is the biggest beneficiary of that in the Cowboys' offense right now? Does that mean more balls thrown to Jason Witten? Does that mean two Williams guys, now two is Two guys be... to me that I stick out, and especially they, they finally did it in that game. One is obviously Witten. I think mm. Witten's a guy that Dallas carries four tight ends, and Escobar is actually a pretty good receiver. He just, he's been kind of – you don't know about him. Really great in the red zone. Really great, in, great the red in the red zone. zone. Yeah. I think Witten will get more shots, but the guy that I think people are going to be surprised at is Lance Dunbar. Lance Dunbar has, 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 was not used a lot last year because if Murray wouldn't come off the field on third down, he fancied himself as a three-down back. Dunbar's got a certain Darren Sproles quality to him, and you saw that in that game. He had eight receptions for 70 yards. He's got blazing speed. I think this is a kid that they could, they'll, they'll find different ways to get him the ball in space. And he could create problems from a fantasy perspective. He might be somebody that if you have a deep league where you can get you know flex players, Maybe somebody you take a look at. Yeah, um, and, and, you know, the obvious answer for most folks is going to be Williams because they think that's going to be the Dez replacement. I just don't think that's how the Cowboys are going to approach it. I'm kind of thinking maybe Beasley gets a, a I was couple just more confused. Third I swear down to God you took the words out of my mouth as I go down that roster. A guy like Beasley, and uh, speaking of Beasley, and he'll be the first guy to tell you this, his play in that game was, was probably the biggest momentum changer in that whole game. He's a ballsy what? guy, man. Definitely. He's a ballsy uh, guy, but that fumble was huge. You know, you're six three. You're about to go into the half, most likely nine three, maybe even more if you get a touchdown. But you got Bailey. He's probably going to put you up nine three. You go from that to being down, and then you have 50 seconds left, and they get the tipped interception from Witten. So they went from, mm-hmm. you know, maybe being up six at the half to trailing by seven. That fumble was essentially a 13 point swing. You know, but he'll be he'll have his hair on fire this week. So I he may be a yeah. guy that you look at to to have a big game in Philadelphia. Yeah, and you know he's a guy that's going to draw you know coverage from the team's third best corner, and he's a he's a pretty good wide receiver. So um, a good chance for him to get open. See, as a fan, I feel good about this team for one reason: they've built their lines up, and I think that when you have. You know, I think their defensive line, especially when Hardy and Gregory come back, Gregory's going to be out three games as well. When they get those two guys back after three games, I think their defensive line is strong, real strong. And I think their offensive line goes without saying. So to me, yes, I don't want to lose Des Bryant for a season because he's a special player. But you can work around that for three or four games when you can run the ball and you can pass block because your quarterback's not playing chuck and duck. Yeah, exactly. So well, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Maybe maybe losing Des Bryant uh, makes him a little bit more committed to the run game. We'll have to see. But that's that's you're all a closet thing. cowboy fan. You know it. You just don't want it. Uh, a little bit on the sly. You know me. I've since '87. <laughs> I've refused to fully commit myself to any NFL team. And oh, by the way, if anybody's pre- getting, if anybody's having their car towed because of our NFL picks this week, sorry about that. <laughs> 
we uh, allow us to apologize, and we will uh, make it up to you as we always do this week. So have uh, no fear on that. Well, nevertheless, we've reached the end of this Tuesday edition of the show. Uh, I'm back on Thursday for sure. Please stay tuned for a possible Wednesday show, so keep checking my social networks, Twitter, Facebook. Um, but I'm back on Thursday where we'll have the full college football rundown. I'll talk to a little high school football. Um, and Emil may join me on Thursday since he won't be able to be here on Friday. So we'll see how all that goes. But we'd like to thank you all for listening to us on this particular day, and we'd like to thank you for making us a featured show on Blog Talk Radio. For Emil Calamino, I'm Chad Wilson. Thank you for listening to the Gridiron Stud Show. Enjoy your day. Recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting, we've got people visiting, we've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen. All right, go ahead.